Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by country singer-songwriter Don Amaro, who's here in studio to speak to us about the life of being a singer-songwriter artist in this day and age. Don's also going to be sharing some live music with us, and I'm really looking forward to introducing you to this amazing soul. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Let's Connect. I couldn't be more excited to have Don Amaro here with me today. Don is just an inspiring guy who's been writing music for years. He has an incredible story and I know he's going to inspire you. Um, Don, I met him first back in 2006 when we were on Canadian Idol together as contestants and um, I've just been so inspired by the work of this man ever since. He is just an amazing light in our in our world and um, he's got a lot of wisdom to share. So I suspect this is going to be a deep episode. We're going to be not only talking about the creative process of music, but I suspect we're going to be going into way more depth about what it's like to be a, a soul at this time on the planet. So I'm hoping this is going to be just super inspiring for you. Um, Before we get into the conversation with Dawn, just a reminder to check out my website, keithmcpherson.ca, and be sure to sign up for my daily inspirational quotes that I send out every morning. Also, um, please keep in touch with me and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. So speaking of episodes, I'm really excited to dive into this one. Please, without further ado, welcome to Let's Connect, Dawn Amaro. Well, sitting with me here is Don Amaro. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. Good to see you. Oh, it's great to see you too again, man. We've been uh, friends for a long time. We've got some history, don't we? We I do. was thinking about this today. I think I think it might have even been before that we when we connected, but uh, Canadian Idol. Oh, yeah. was our first back 2006. <laughs> That's right. A good 14 years ago. That's amazing. Yeah. Where yeah. I got cut and you went on. Yeah. You kept, you kept going. You made it. Where? How far did you get? I top. went to the top 22 and then the, almost the top 10, the that's, week before the top 10. Right, right. That's yeah. pretty amazing, man. That's that's a big part of my story. I don't know if it's a big part of yours, but that that whole experience for me, um, it was, it was when I look back on it, there was a big push that happened right after that for me. And it was just like, like internally, personally, um, I came out of that going, man, I remember it so... Uh, you want to do the deep dive? Let's go to the deep dive. Let's so, go. I'm so, ready. <laughs> so this, uh, you know, you get the golden ticket, you go to Toronto, we all, we're all there. Yeah. And I make it past the first three days and I'm down to, the, you know, the, the final cut before the top 22. And I remember looking around the room going, man, I think I got a really good chance. Like I, like I was always confident in my voice and uh, and gained confidence that week, especially going, oh, man, yeah. they let that person go and I'm still here. I'm, I must be really good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so then they, then they cut me. And I was devastated. And I, I actually, it was one of those nights where they let you go and sort of talk to the judges. And they said, you know, we've never done this before at this level, but we, we think all of you could be in the top 22. We're going to give you an opportunity to come and talk to the judges. So there's Farley Flex, Sass Jordan, Dor- Jordan um, uh, Zach Warner, and Jake Gold, right? Right. And so, so I'm going to them. I'm mad. I'm like, why did you let me go tonight? I feel like I sang the best today. And just like, you know. Really? Yeah. 26-year-old f- frustrated guy, right? Like, and I thought this was my big break. And I didn't think I would win, but I thought at least if I got to the 22, then you get that sort of televised opportunity and your people get to know your story deeper. And anyway, so I came home super depressed, super bummed. And my wife was like, are you okay? Like you're actually giving them that much power over, over you and your life. And I was like, wow. yeah, I guess you're right. You know? And so I realized after about two months, I was like, wait a second, I'm, I'm waiting for that golden ticket again, and I'm waiting for somebody else to take the reins of my life and tell me what to do. So I said, you know what? You're right. So I went and recorded my own CD and did my own thing. And, you know, that 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 album's still out there and available for folks to listen to. It's called Change Your Life. Wow. And that's where it started. And it was it, if it had not been for getting cut from Canadian Idol, where I did, um, I don't think my life would look quite this way. Wow, that's quite yeah. amazing. Don. Interesting, eh? <laughs> so what do you feel like internally changed um, on the other side of that for you? Yeah, I think it was it, it was just like, don't wait for somebody else to to tell you what to do, and it was it was more like I literally had this conversation with my brother my brother yesterday. He was like he, he's forty two years old, and he messaged me going, "Hey, you know what? I decided he's a music a fabulous guitar player." And he's like, "You know, I've been waiting for other players to, and other people in my life to do this thing," and I said, "Man, 
that was exactly where I was. And I said, I, st- I wanted to stop doing that years ago. So it's funny it's come up today. But I said, you know, really, you got to take the reins of your own life, your own career, and just make it what you want, you know? And, uh, and that, that's really what happened for me. Was I was just like, you know, this is, life is mine. I can do whatever it is that I want to do with it. And um, I just decided in that moment, and thanks to the, my, you know, my wife kicking me in the pants saying, you know, you, you, this is your life. Make, make of it what you want. And um, she's always been much stronger and wiser than I have have been in my life. And so I'm glad she's with me. Wow. Yeah. That's an incredible story to start <laughs> off our, our conversation. And yeah. uh, I'm just, I've always seen you as somebody who has extreme focus and dedication and um, and previous it, to 2006, maybe not so, but uh, after well, Canadian Idol. <laughs> maybe internally, but even well, externally, just looking from the bird's eye view in, at you, mm. I mean, and knowing you and your career, I've, I, I've always seen you as somebody like that. So mm. to hear that that internally shifted for you after Canadian Idol yeah. is quite amazing yeah. that you've always had this, but to really I, note, discover it. Well, I think for me, I've always believed that I'm, I'm, what I'm doing now is what I should have been doing all along. Huh. You know, and I and I, I think when I was a kid, you know, when I when I say I'm a kid, I'm you know 18, 19, 20 years old. I dreamt that this is where I would end up, you know, and uh, and it sort of just took some tough love and some tough situations to kind of like help me take the leap. Wow, you know, and, what when you way back then when you were first dreaming of this yeah. as a kid, like what um, brought on the dream? Was there people that you were looking up to, or what, how did that all start? Well, you know, so I grew up in a home where my parents were. Uh, music lovers. Um, they, they both, uh, played and sang. My dad is a great, you know, country bluegrass guitar player. My mom still has the voice of an angel to this day. Wow. And I share that quite often with folks letting them know I come by this quite honestly. So they were my first exposure to live music and the love of music. Um, and I think both of them had this desire for their own lives to do music as a career. Yeah. But, you know, they had kids really young. They were 18, 19 years old. Um, and, uh, just life got real serious, real fast. Didn't have much of an education, so they couldn't, they only had could do the hard labor jobs and the, and the jobs that nobody else kind of wanted. And, um, and so, uh, they kind of gave it up for us, you know, in a way. And, and wow. I never felt like this, like I, this pull to do it cause my parents wanted to do it, but I think I just fell in love with it. And the kicker for me was when I was 15 years old, like my family went through an awful breakup, like, like, you know, again, like your we're parents, do, we're doing the deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so my, 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 when I was 11 years old, 11 or 12, I can't remember exactly, but, um, my mom didn't come home one night. Uh, just prior to that, um, she had witnessed a murder at her work. Um, she was uh, in a, um, a situation where a, a friend of hers uh, had come into the, the, the bar that she was working at. And I guess he got involved with some bad people. And I guess like a biker gang group of guys come in and, and basically pummeled this guy. And my mom was got in and said, leave him alone. And, you know, basically picked up her friend and held him in her arms. And basically he died right there. Oh my God, you're and, gonna make me cry. Yeah, can you imagine what <sighs> what would have happened for her in that? And I didn't think of this this when I was a kid. I thought, oh man, that's heavy. That's hard. But you know, I think what happened for my mom, at least the understanding that I've gotten from her over the years, is that that moment causes you to realize life is really short and it could be done in an instant. And so um, one night she just didn't come home, and obviously we're all worried. My dad sat me and my brothers down, saying, "I'm gonna go find your mom, see what's going on." And so he um, he goes and he finds her with another man oh. like they're sitting at a restaurant having conversation dinner whatever my dad's like what's going on why aren't you coming home yeah and uh, my mom said i'm i'm done with this i'm done with this relationship and and it wasn't i don't think it was a bad relationship but it wasn't a great relationship and you know again i'm looking at it now through adult eyes right sure at the time though yeah you know it it, it you know it was you see this you're you're thinking there's good guys and bad guys in this situation but really it was just a relationship that was like two and i i actually wrote a song years ago called broken hearts it's kind of about their story. They were both broken people coming together, trying to figure out how to mend each other's broken hearts while each one of them had broken situations themselves and broken hearts. Wow. So um, my dad uh, came home and said, you know, my mo- your, your mother and I are getting a divorce and everything changed in one night. Like went from like, I always thought we were this perfectly safe home in, in, in the north end of Winnipeg where there's a lot of turmoil. And I was like, how do we get so lucky and everything's great? To in one day, my parents gone from being together <sighs> Two, we're splitting up. Two, literally uh, two hours after my dad said this, the police knock on the door and they came and took my dad away. We found out later that in the moment of anger and frustration, my dad said, well, if you're going to do this, you know, I, I might as well kill us all. Oh my he God. said that. He said those words to my mom. Meaning that if you're going to do this, our lives, you know, figure of speech, like, like our lives are going to change and, and, you know, ruin what we've had so far. Right. 
My mom pressed charges against my dad um, for uttering threats. Police show up at the door, take my dad away. Um, and the next morning, my mom is there, and then this new guy uh, is in the house. Oh. And uh, so in one, in 20, in, one, <laughs> in one 24-hour span, my life changed in an instant. Now, here's the thing, and I often share this. I feel like I'm, I'm taking all, all, this, all the question space here for you. For you but, feel but, free. <laughs> this is quite powerful, everything you're speaking about. Well, my, my, um, my, all around me in my neighborhood, I'm looking at my buddies going, what, their homes are broken too. Like they were going through stuff. Like my buddy Cornell, two houses over, his dad was... Uh, kind of an abusive guy, wasn't really emotionally available there for his kid and suffered his own issues with his dad. He got, Cornell got into gangs and violence and theft and all that stuff. And, you know, across the street, my, my buddy David, him and his family, um, his dad was an alcoholic and you can see the struggles he had. David kind of went down the path of drugs and that kind of thing. My two other buddies down the street, um, uh, Lauren and Michael, um, I remember all these guys growing up. God. Their parents were solvent abusers, so they would be drinking like Lysol and just awful stuff. This right? is and your neighborhood. This is the neighborhood I grew up in. And so I'm looking at everybody else going, how are they dealing with this broken stuff, you know, broken homes? And they were just kind of perpetuating what they saw and what they lived with. And I remember being 13 years old and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go down those roads. I know I've got a destiny to be successful, to be healthy, to be smart, to do all these things. And all those things that they're doing are pulling them away from the... Th- the place where they want to end up. What do you attribute? Like, I mean, that's pretty exceptional that you have a heart that is that resilient yeah. to see through what's going on. How, you know, what do you attribute that to? I think it, it, fear, to be honest, the fear of, of, of falling down to that same trap and, and just being able to look and, and, not, and feel uncomfortable with um, what that looked like in, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to look like somebody who was addicted. I didn't want to ever look like somebody who was, um, didn't have their their life together, you know, their stuff together. Yeah. Even at that age, that yeah. was what was oh, going yeah. on in yeah, because, your Because I mean, it, so, it was around process. me so much. And I always felt like there's a better way. And why are these adults not figuring this out, you know? And so so I got into sports. I got into, you know, a theater and drama and stuff like that. And that became my outlet. And I didn't realize this at the time, but but it was it was music that, that got me through all that pain and all that suffering was music i just let it out in that way had you been playing at the time or was that after no, the fact no i started playing and writing at 15 that's when the rubber really met the road for me as a young man trying to figure out who i was and family dynamics and sure um yeah it was just really tough for me and so i, I remember picking up a guitar and i played the e minor and the e minor just just felt like my life like that that chord that note just was like heavy yeah, and dark heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like what is this and i and i just kept playing that and then my brother played my dad played and i'd go to them and say can you give me another chord give me another thing that goes with this and you know over the course of 10 years it took me to to kind of figure out how to put a song together but i i start actually not that's not true uh, after about 5 years i was playing at open mics and hiding behind the music stand and kind of peering around being is anybody watching me is anybody paying attention and, <laughs> wow. and then you know over over time you just sort of move the music stand out of the way and, and eventually find your own your own wings to kind of do what you do you know and and just kind of hopefully fly that's amazing. Yeah. So That's just great. back to the guitar for a moment. I'm curious, was it sort of an organic thing that it just happened to appear or did you consciously go pick up the guitar? I was just you know, so curious. No, I, I don't think I, I did because my, my dad had this beautiful old Gibson Hummingbird guitar and it, and it, it's, it was, I, if I remember it as, as like I'd like to, I remember just feeling really good in my hands, you know, and I remember just holding it. And, and when I would hit those, those notes, it just... I mean, it was hard because I mean, your fingers get sore, and you, you know, you, yeah. you, remember, you, you remember those days. I do remember. I was about and, fifteen too, <clears> doing yeah. the same kind of thing. But it was it, there was no intention behind it. I didn't want to do it for anything else other than it just this feels good. Wow, that's all it was. And and I, you know, I, I was never good enough to play anybody else's song, so I was just like playing and writing my feelings down, you know. Incredible. And that's that's where it started. And and uh, and I and I realized at about 23, 24 years old, I was like, oh wait a second, this is getting me through those dark days. Wow. And so music has always been medicine for me, and that's why I've always like I share that oftentimes with folks is that music got me through my dark days. And if I can offer something to the to people that will care to listen, I'm hoping that it does the same for you. Music is medicine. Yeah. I mean, that's a powerful statement yeah. and yeah. Uh, truth, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. For me, especially. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts as to what the medicine is? Like, why why is music such a powerful healer? You know, I I think I mean they, they say you, music is the universal language. You know, where words fail, music speaks. You uh-huh. know, those are those are important messages, and they're they're because there is no word to to tell you why a certain tone or a certain sound or a certain. Uh, feeling that music gives you. I can't explain that to you why that happens, but 
I think it's why we play intros to songs is because the intro is setting you up to feel a certain way before the lyrics get there. Oh, wow. Right? Amazing. That, that's what I think anyways, because I feel like when you hear a song, if it's like a country toe jam, and they want you to feel that way before they get to sing in the song. You know, and I think oftentimes is, is you know, I, I love all kinds of music. Uh, and, I, and I especially love like blues and jazz and soul music because that's, that's going, you know, that, that hits me in a place where I'm, I, I feel like, oh man, I, this is moving my spirit, you know? Um, but I also love like ambient sound type stuff that's like swirly and moving and yeah. with no lyrics at all. Like I can really, uh, that's almost the stuff I listen to more often because it's like, let me tell the story. Don't, don't tell me the story. Right. And with ambient kind of music, I get to, the whole thing reveals itself to me in my own mind. And it's like a movie playing for me. And Does it come as images to you <laughs> as you're listening or is it just a, a feeling? It's a feeling, I think more than anything. I don't, I don't always see stuff. I mean, I have, but um, I think for me, it's, it's uh it's a feeling and it's, and there's, there's a hopefulness to it. Uh, I don't like listening to music that makes me feel bad. Sure. You know, that's going to take me to a bad dark place. Like I've never, I listen to a lot of music, but thrash metal and heavy metal has never been part of my, unless, I mean, I, I when I'm in the gym and I'm working out, I want to, I want if I get, get some stuff out, then, that, then I don't mind if that's on. But for the most part, I, I feel like that's a negative energy feeding my spirit or my soul, my mind, whatever. Um, so I just try to fill it with all the, the stuff that's going to make me feel good and, and not, not going to, it's not going to enhance these intense, hard feelings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do that. Uh, this is this may come across etherical. You t interpret this however, but for you, where does music come from? Um, that's an interesting question because I feel like I've I'm walking a tightrope these days, uh, and I can I can dive more into that too. But um, but for me, it comes from uh, experience. And it comes from living. It comes from just being present in the moment where you're at right now, and and letting music uh, kind of tell the story of where you're at right now. And for me. Um, it's a lot of love songs. It's a lot of heartbreak songs. It's a lot of heartache songs. It's a lot of songs about my kids. Mm. Um, and, and I often say like, like as long as you're living and breathing, there's a song inside you. Yes. That's, that's waiting to get out, you know? And, and so I, I never worry about the idea of, oh, inspiration is never going to be there. What, are you ever worried that you, you, the well's going to dry up? It's like, no, if I'm still here, there's another song coming. You know, I just, I, I've never been the kind of, you know, with a, with a notepad beside my bed, oh, I'm going to write that lyric down. I mean, every once in a while, I'll go on my phone and leave a note or two, but, but I've, I've never been this diligent writer that's like constantly writing. I, I live life and I feel like it's like my cup fills and then it overflows into a song and then the song sort of spills out. That's incredible. Um, and that, yeah, that's always been, been, been my case. I say I'm walking a tightrope nowadays because... Yeah, tell me about I, the tightrope. <laughs> I'm curious. Well, I'm now in the country community more than ever before, and, and I've always tiptoed the line of country music. And I, you know, I started off in this whole scene as a folk and roots guy and, and have evolved through... I mean, actually, I started in rock. That's where it really was, and it was terrible. Um, but that's where it started for me. And then it sort of was like, I, no, I'm really good at like the singer-songwriter, you know, telling stories with song. And then um, I signed my record deal about a month and a year and a half ago with MDM. Yeah, I saw and they're that. a country label, and they're they're uh, they they see that in me and 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 have helped me sort of like walk more in that world. However, a lot of the songs that I'm putting out are not songs that I've written. So, which is this, an interesting position to be in because I've always felt like, no, I have to write them. I have to be the one to tell these stories, only to come full circle and realize, wait a second there's some great songs, incredible songs that need to be shared with people that people need to hear. And I get to be the vessel that delivers that to them. Mm. And so that just changed my perspective a little bit. And how, how did you come to that? That's incredible. Okay, so, <laughs> so what it was, was um, the very first song I released ever by somebody else uh, and other writers was a song called Church. Big epic song. I remember for me. it. Great song. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I, when I first heard it, I was like, ah, it's not for me. And, and, uh, you know, we're listening to all these songs, you know, being pushed on us were by you publishers. On a, were you on a tour bus with Olay Publishing? With Olay? No, this was just before then, but that did come about eventually. Just, just people listening, yeah. this is actually happening in Nashville at conferences. They'll, yes. put, they'll put writers on a song bus yeah. and, and they'll like... throw songs at you. They'll be like, what do you think of this one? What do yeah. you think of... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, side so, note there, but you just took me to that moment But I have me. done the Olay tour bus, yeah. Okay. Um, but th this was before then even. So uh, I listened to the song Church and, and, and uh, about a year prior, my dad passed away. So my dad passed away March 6th, 2016. So about a year after this, I'm, after his passing, I'm listening to the song Church. And I was like, ah, it's, it's a great song, but it's not a Don Amaro song. So my manager said, but a week later, just listen one more time. And I listened again and it just, I felt this overwhelming like sense of my dad. Whoa. And I was like, where, where, where's this coming from? And I just, I'm listening to this song and I'm thinking of my dad and I'm like, why is this happening? 
So um, my dad was 57 when he passed, super young. Very young. And, uh, and, but he, in his living years, he would often tell me, like, the, his church is the great outdoors. Like, for him, it was, like, being next to some trees, by the water, usually with a fishing pole in hand. Well, that's what this whole song is about. This whole song is about not being around, no, no steeple, no pews, no, you know, no preacher, it's being out in the wilderness. And I was like, that's my dad's song. That's about him. And when I made that connection, I was like, I have to do this song. And it's been my biggest release almost ever since. And I'm just getting a cue now from your dad intuitively <laughs> that we are going to listen to this song right now on the podcast. That, that's if you're all right I- with that. That's a great idea. Okay, we're going to take a listen and come back. So this is the song Church by Don Amaro. Just see trees and weeds and dirt, but I call it church. It ain't nothing but a river, a little place I float on an old John boat. Might look like just a ride and reeling worms, but I call it church. Sit out on the hood My old truck I look up And I feel like I could see The whole wide world Yeah, I stare at that full moon I drink a beer And breathe in the air And I thank him for the more Than I deserve And I go to church It ain't no Sunday morning It ain't no preacher preaching But out here in the quiet Wild things grow out on this country road. The sun, the stars, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I go to church. No people, no views, no steeple, just blue skies. I'm praying with my eyes wide open. Thanks, Don. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> wow. I, so, so that's that's the the song that I that that I, I heard and I thought was a great song. But then you know, and then I eventually kind of made it my own. And now now it, it feels like a Don Amaro song. Like it feels like something that I I would have written and and I've I've really taken ownership. And that that's what I would say to anybody listening out there if they're musicians and and they're getting song pitches pitched to them. Like make sure they feel like yours. Like that you have to kind of own them. And so we're about to release this album this year for under the label and it's, and it's chock full of songs that I didn't write. Uh, there's a few, there's a few on there that I did write, but, but it's, it, there's, there's a, there's six uh, songs that I didn't and that I feel like I've had to own and make my own. And, and, uh, and I really feel like they're messages that I, I would, could get behind. And, and, you know, there's such great writers down in Nashville that sent us these songs that I just feel really pri- privileged. Like I said, that I'm the vessel that gets to deliver these. Wow. That's it. Yeah. I just love it. I, walking the tightrope sounds like it's taught you some good <laughs> lessons and well, how to I, change perspective. Well, you know, I think, I feel like, you know, I never want to be in a position where I feel like I've got it all figured out because I feel like that, I hope when that happens that I'm taking my last breath. 
Mm. You know, I, I love the idea of always kind of being willing to evolve and grow. And I think so many of us as, you know, again, speaking musician to musician here, um, so many of us think that next song has to be the one, has to be the thing. It's like, I hope it's the best song I've ever released, but I hope it's far from the best song I'll ever release. Oh, wow. You know, that's something I'm, I'm always thinking about is like, is does this beat the last one? And if it doesn't beat the last one, let's, let's keep pushing for that. How incredible. You know, I, I come across so many artists that are so stuck in... Um, this train of, of needing to be seen and needing to have a hit and needing to just kind of mm. get to the finish line. Like, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I just sense from you, I mean, the image that I'm conjuring up as you're speaking is I just see this really like bright light that's just <laughs> continually expanding and very optimistic and maybe not so attached as you're mentioning to uh, the end result. It's like always Man, growing. How do you get into I, that mindset? Well, I feel so, <laughs> I feel such heaviness for those that think success is down the road. Like if you think success is an accolade, a, a you know a hit single on radio or uh, this many sales, you have to live this life today till then, which may be ten years down the road. Right. So that means living ten years of your life thinking you're unsuccessful. Oh wow! It's like man, you're successful right Oof. now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I feel like, and 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 yes, it's good to have goals, but that's not success. Success is is yours right now. How do you get yourself in that <laughs> state when you're not there? Because, I mean, let's face it, yeah. the music industry, you've got to be resilient yeah. to, to be in it. <laughs> um, I think, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of things. Um, if, I can, if I can drum it up to a couple of little simple phrases, and the one that I've lived with the most running through my head is, nobody owes me anything. Uh. Um, and if you truly say that and believe it, then you're comfortable with the fact that everything else, everything that you receive is a gift. So right? nobody owes me anything. Yeah. So nobody owes me their butt in, in my concert, their butt in the seat at my concert. Nobody <laughs> owes that to me. So the fact that I've played many a show where there's been five people, it's easy to go, man, this sucks. But then we, and then I go, wait a second, those five people don't have to be here. Why don't I just, you know, give them the best that I've got? I'm just getting right? the word gratitude now. Yeah. Like, well, gratitude is a huge one for sure. The other one is service. Is, is it's like, I, I'm here as a musician to serve. And so it's like, at the end of the day, if, and I share this often, is that music for me has been medicine. It's got me through. It's, it's self-serving, first of all. It you know, is. there's this selfish, like, I'm doing this for me. The other part of it is, is like, but I do believe that this is also for you. And if you care to listen, and, and if you're here in this, you know, concert or listening to my song on the radio, wherever, um, then, then that, that song is really yours. And I, and I hope it serves you in your life today for whatever you're going through. Um, but you're right. This industry sucks. And, and I, and I, it, does, it can, it doesn't suck, but it can suck for a lot of us. And, uh, um, and I, I'm, I'm also speaking in a position today where, you know, financially I'm more secure than ever before. You know, my mortgage is paid. My kids are well fed. There's no other surmounting debt and, you know, happening. Whereas that's the, the story from a majority of musicians that I know is, is that it's, day to day, you know, week by week, they're not sure where it's going to end up. And I've, I've been blessed over the last couple of years to, to have a lot of tremendous support from particularly Sirius XM radio mm. and being an indigenous artist who has had a lot of opportunity there. Um, the support has been tremendous. So, wow. um, you know, I, I'm also speaking from a different perspective that I can't, my story will not be everybody else's story, but I think if, if people can glean or pull little bits of what's worked for me and, and apply that to their story, then I think it, it could be helpful. Because I mean, I'm not the answer, but I think there's little bits of what I have that, that could be, you know, support for somebody else's story. Absolutely. I'm also just getting the sense too, as you're speaking about how easy it is, especially in an industry like music, to compare, to go, well, he's success. He's paid off his mortgage. He's done so well. He's got a serious satellite radio going on. Mm -hmm. I don't have that. What's yeah. wrong with me, you know? And, and I do the same thing. I do it right now. Like, like right now I'm looking at the, you know, for instance, you know, looking at the label and there's this new guy, Tyler Joe Miller, who's a fantastic artist. Artist. First song comes out, he's got over a million streams. I've had, you know, I've had my song out for six <laughs> months before his, and I've got forty thousand streams. And I'm like, what's going on? So I'm still doing that comparison game. Yeah. But then, you know, I think that the trick is maybe not the trick, but the 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 way to think about it is really just being like, well, be happy for Tyler. Be, you know, this is good for him. This is that like change the way you think about it and not think about don't make it about you. Make it about wait a minute. That's a really beautiful thing for this guy that wow. that he deserves. And then, and then, then I can lay my head on it and I go, oh yeah, wait a second. I've got all, remember, don't, don't, don't forget about all the blessings and the good things that you have in your life today. Yeah. You know, don't compare it to somebody else who, who, who's 
doing the same thing you are maybe and, and yet getting a little farther ahead than you are. Everything's supposed to happen in its time and I, and I do believe that, that, that not every day is going to be my day and that's okay. Wow, you have such an incredibly powerful mindset and it's just so refreshing to <laughs> oh, hear this. Man, I, I yeah. sense it's really gotten you through a lot of tough days in the music industry for sure and beyond. Oh, just absolutely. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly working on myself. You know, and I think that uh, I think that one needs to do that in order to, to constantly be in the state of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some and, of your practices? Um, I, I I I pray a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think my prayer life isn't uh, get on my knees and put my head down and hand, clasp my hands together. My <laughs> my prayer life is in, in constant communication with the divine. Wow. I honestly feel that. Um, I think it's uh, it's it's a you know without getting on a soapbox here, but I think it's a real true thing for me is that I feel like I believe in God. I believe there's something bigger than me out there, and and I and I'm in constant communication with the, you know. I don't. It's it's you know. I I wonder what what folks might think of that, but I I, I feel like you know it's not like this. I don't hear a voice. But I, I feel comforted by that. And, and that starts back to when I, was, when I was a kid, when I was six or seven years old. I remember my parents were good folks and are good folks. Um, but I, I just remember not... I, I don't have many memories or hardly any, actually, of them uh, hugging us, giving us kisses, loving us, which is really interesting because, you know, I have more of those as a, as a young adult. Mm-hmm. But... Um, when I think back to it, I remember having this little bunny, little stuffy bunny, and I would have long conversations with this little bunny, and I'd we'd ha- I'd put the pull the blankets over my head, and it felt like there was this comfort and ease, and uh, and I always remember when I think back to it now, I actually think it was talking to something greater than myself, you know, and it wasn't it, hadn't, it wasn't really about the bunny. Amazing, you know, it was, like the bunny was like a portal for you to connect to the divine that came through. I think so, yeah, and I believe that, and so wow. for me, it's 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 constantly being aware that 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 you know, creator, God wants me to, to do well. And he's in my corner and he's always with me. And even, even in the trenches, you know, especially in the trenches, that's when he's closest, you know, and that's, that's the, that's a real feeling I, I have. And that's got me through all those dark days. How do you make connection to that source of God or divine that you're mentioning? How do well, you do it? So uh, this might sound a little uh, frustrating for folks, but it's already in you. Like, like I believe that we're given this seed of life when we're when we're conceived. Yeah, we're given this seed of life, this breath of God. Like, there, there's these, there's this analogy that yeah, the very breath we breathe, we breathe in and out the life of God, right? Wow. That so it's like it's it's already here. Yeah. Like it, you don't have to do this. Like go away, close the door, lock the world away for a week to find it. Right. It's inside you right now. And and I oh, wow. and, and I and I feel like I've been lucky enough that I can I can tap like I feel like as you and I are sitting here talking like the divine is with us and oh, present completely and, here you know what I mean and I and, I, mean. and and I and I I don't feel like we don't have to do anything you know we for me it's I get in my car and turn <laughs> turn on a you know an ethereal song you know or something will come on it, it, there's no there's no operational whatever it's just like. It's it's as simple as you know for me like calling my wife being like hey how's it going like I feel like I the the dial up is pretty simple you know it's just kind of like are you there and and it and and I've always felt comforted by that wow that feeling of like it, it's it's it so I've been saying this story too for for the recent more recently with kids um, about the. I believe that in each one of us, there's this little garden that we all are born with. We get this tiny little like place inside us that nobody can touch. Ugh, I'm getting chills yeah. as you're talking, man. Well, like, this like, is so powerful. Well, yeah. I, I, I started thinking about that. And like, like creator was so kind to us to give us this place that nobody, that it's our own little private space. And I've heard this said actually before where, where um, people have been abused um, that, one of the things they've been counseled in is that about this this space that if they've been assaulted or sexually abused, um, that don't forget that there's this spot inside of you that nobody's ever been able to get to, and that is yours. Wow. And and I believe that God was so kind to us to give us this place that that even He asks to be welcomed into. 
Um, and I just think that's so cool, like that we've all got this unique, special place that is like completely ours. Uh. And uh, and I just I, I I love that thought. So I I started sharing that because I, I sing this other song called "Won't Give Up." I sing many songs, if you didn't know. Uh, yes, um, you but, do. <laughs> but this song called Won't Give Up, which came out of, um, uh, I w- was working with this band, Indian City, Vince Fontaine, who you know, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and I was on my way down to Nashville to do some writing, and I got a, a text that Marty, the drummer in the band, had committed suicide. <clears throat> and, uh, and, you know, heavy-hearted, and I'm thinking now, what, like, I had no idea he was dealing with the kind of heaviness in his life that he was. And and so I get there, and we started thinking, what, what can we you know, what do you want to write about, Don? And I said, well, here's what's heavy on my heart. And um, so it led us down the road to the song called Won't Give Up, which is my thought was, I hope that this song happens to pop on the radio to anybody who's in that moment of like, I just want to give up right now. And then this song comes on and they go, oh, wait a second. I, there's there's a spark inside of me that's a light inside of me worth fighting for. Wow. And right. that's, 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 and so that when I share, before I share that song, I talked to, you know, particularly young kids love that idea of this private little garden, but I think everybody could stand to hear that there's this place inside of you that's special and unique and it's just for you and nobody else can touch. So, so powerful. You know, yeah. there's, uh, I, I practice uh, Hawaiian shamanism and one of the, practices in that is to go into your inner garden. Hmm. So as you're speaking about it, it's like, it's so deeply connected on a personal level. And uh, I'm curious when you go into your garden, into this place, um, if it changes, if it changes over time, I like, I think it could. I think, you know, like the funny thing for me is I feel like if you don't go there, then it overgrows and 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 then you have to go and sort of like, um, yeah, trim the grass and you know, like, like make sure you take care of it because this is a special place. And if it, if it's neglected, then things can sort of fade. And and that 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 life feeling that you get when you go to that place is harder to find. So you have to kind of make sure you go there as often as you can because I think it's on the hard days, especially. It's to, to me, I I see it. I mean, everybody might see it differently, but I see it as this beautiful, lush, like green this is your um, garden yeah, yeah i want to hear green, it, what it looks like yeah and it's peaceful and it's serene and it and, it, and it's mm. you know all the measure of love that i've ever felt exists there and so i can kind of go back there um you know and I, i've i've more recently been able to articulate this like this is the deepest conversation i've ever had about it so far but oh, wow. but I, I feel like yeah. like more recently i've i've been able to feel like that is my special place and 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 i and i do feel like it's you know i you could close the door, close your eyes and go there. But I feel like um, it's, it's, a, it's a state of being almost all the time that you can kind of go to and, and, and be there. But yeah, you're right. I do think, I think it's something that you do need to go and, and, and take care of as well. Absolutely. And I think that's partly why people have a harder time finding that because they haven't been there in so long. Right. Do you yeah. find that there's a correlation between the inner garden and just the outer world that you're experiencing? Have I think so. Consider that. I believe so. Yeah, I think. I think uh, you know, if you're constantly um, thinking negative thoughts, if you're constantly feeding, you know, negativity. Literally, what you're eating, literally what you're what you're listening to, what you're feeding your mind, what you're feeding your body, will have an effect on how on the external and then how you see the world. Yeah. But if you're if you're if you're internally seeing beauty and and love and kindness and all that stuff, then everything externally doesn't feel so heavy and hard. Right. Yeah. I'm just so appreciating in our conversation Mm. that, um, you know, when you look at musicians, if you're not a musician or involved (laughs) in the industry, you just kind of go, oh, that looks like an awesome life. Like you're just playing music, you're on the radio, Mm. you tour, like, and it it seems almost kind of surfacey, but underneath, like the artist of these musicians and the level of depth and soul that you, we get to connect to as artists. And we all have this ability, mm. but I just really see it in you that there's so much more happening. Uh, you talked about going deep early on in this yeah, call, yeah. in this t- conversation. There's so much depth to, to who we are. And I'm so appreciating yeah. it in you that you are allowing yourself to go to the depth of who you are. And it spills out into the world. It's mm. just love and beauty and light and um, I see hit songs. I see <laughs> incredibly powerful songs that are, are really touching on the soul level that you create. It's an incredible yeah. gift of yours. Thanks, man. I appreciate hearing that. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. I, um, I just also am curious about this. We've been talking quite a bit in the world of like spirituality. And um, I'm just putting you on the spot completely here, but it, intuitively, it. I'm, I'm just... I, well, I'm I've, just, I've been reading a lot of Richard Wagamese's work lately. Okay. And uh, he talks about like the indigenous uh, perspective of spirituality. Mm-hmm. He gets into the sacred teachings. And I'm just curious, like with your background of that, like 
was that ever an mm-hmm. influence for you? And well, that's interesting. So, so one of the things I, I, on the outset I have to say is I, I can't speak for a group of people. I can only speak for Don Amaro. I can only speak through my experiences. So yes, I, I want to hear that. Yeah, and, and I want to be careful to make sure that people know that I can't represent a, a, a group of people. But I, I, I didn't grow up with any tradition whatsoever. That's another big part of my story is that, is that I, I grew up in a cultureless home. My, my dad's from Nova Scotia. Mom's Cree Métis roots here in Manitoba. But she was taught not to... to dive that into that part of her life she was taught to be ashamed of it and stray far from it hmm. my dad wanted us to connect with our east coast roots but he would say oh you're a newfie son but i think he was confused because that's <laughs> he's nova scotian and that's newfoundland but it's hilarious. um but you know being growing up in the north end of winnipeg it was so far removed from the idea of being nova scotian on the east coast it just didn't feel natural to me um and so, I mean, I shouldn't say cultureless because I did say the kitchen parties. My dad would be playing the kitchen parties every weekend and, and, and kind of got that idea. But, but in terms of like uh, cultural um, recognition and who we, who we have been in our past and who we are now, none of that. My mom would say, oh, you're Heinz 57. And so I didn't feel any connection. Um, Did you say you're what? Heinz 57, like the ketchup, Heinz 57, which I guess (laughs) was a thing to say when you're a lot of things. I see. And so I was just, you know, so so when our country's in this conversation of reconciliation over the last decade or so, um, I remember as that, well, here, let me me go here first. It was uh, at a Steve Bell concert back in 20, I want to say 2004, so 2004. And he released an album called My Dinner with Bruce. Yes. Covered all Bruce Coburn's uh, covers. And that night changed my life because I realized two things. Well, well first of all, I, he played a song called Red Brother, Red Sister. I just broke down. I wept. I was sitting in this church in the pews. And I was like, that song wrecked me because it talks about the injustices done to Indigenous people. And the line that really got me was, um, they used my Savior's name to keep you down. And I was like, oh, man, that's... That's I, and I'm connected to that wow. idea that you know that, the, the Christian faith and and um and it just floored me so I'm sitting in this church and I'm crying and I realized two things I said I wanted to do what Steve's doing to people <laughs> what huh. he did to me I want to move people in that same way and number two I want to get on the front lines of changing people's minds and hearts about how they see Indigenous people and so I started asking my parents and started asking my mom like well, can you tell me a bit more about our history and 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 I just really felt like I I've always felt connected more to the indigenous community because I grew up here in the north end of Winnipeg and I looked around and most of the people in my neighborhood were indigenous and, mm-hmm. and it just felt like a natural, like this is, you know, who, who I felt most connected to be in my, connected to my history. And, uh, and so I just started this journey. And, um, and what's really interesting as our country's having this truth and reconciliation conversation, um, and there's this bridge between this indigenous and non-indigenous people. I've always felt like I stood in the middle of that bridge. I used to call it no man's land. Like I, I don't belong anywhere. Yeah. I'm not, not white enough. I'm not indigenous enough. Where, where do I belong? And then I realized it's not a no man's land. It's a bridge that exists that, that is getting wider and it's getting stronger and, and it's happening. And I believe that. And I feel like I'm wow. my part of my call is that I'm, I'm to sort of bring the two communities together. And so, um, so when, you know, and, and people have asked, how do you reconcile music and your indigenous roots and your traditions? For me, they're growing together hand in hand, oh, wow. you know? And so when you look at the, like the sacred teachings, like I think that's all part of um, living a life of, of, you know, humble truth, wisdom, humility, you know, um, um, there's a couple of other missing. Love, love is in there. Yeah, love is in there for sure. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and, and, and I feel like that's courage all, cur- is another courage one. is a big one, right? Yeah. And, I, and so I think about those all the time. I think, you know, each one of those things have led me here, and I and I can I can almost look at my path and go, oh yeah, I, all those things have fed me to get to where I'm at today. Yeah, um, and I feel like uh, you know the, the 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 overall story for me is that if I can cause other people to find those foundations in their own life through what I do, and the thing that, that really excites me actually is um, we talked about uh, the country music scene. The thing that I get so frustrated by is it seems so surface level so often and, and I'm not dragging anybody down I'm not saying anything to my buddies in the industry that but so much it's just like party good time red solo cups tail trucks and truck you know I'm so glad roads. you have the guts to name that because <laughs> I was in the country music scene yeah. and we were singing about drinking uh, just like yeah. relationships gone wrong like just, yeah. just surface which is crap re- which is real life and reality for it some is. people but, it is. but man there's so much more stuff out there so I'm excited yeah, to be at a scene 
where I think that's desperate for more of this kind of stuff. Wow. And I don't think they even know it. Wow. And so my my what a hope, vision. My hope is is that I can come in and and uh, I mean it's already happening. Like t- there's a Tennille Arts. Oh yeah. She's on or, uh, Tennille Towns and Tennille Arts, but Tennille Towns. Yeah. She is crazy good, man. Like she is doing so good and she's bringing all heart and soul to the scene uh, that I can tell, you no, know. We talk about courage. I mean, mm-hmm. this takes a lot of courage. And and I feel like like I can cookie cutter and do the same thing that everybody else is doing and that's fine but it's like and, and, and that's I think there's also going to be the handshake like hi I'm Don Amaro like it can't be like hi I'm Don Amaro <laughs> yeah. you've been doing it wrong all this time right, I exactly. think it's got to be like hi I'm Don Amaro here's a song I think you're really going to like and I think I think if you you know I'm not trying to trick anybody that's not what I'm trying to do no, but, I, I, but I want to love on people through music and hopefully hmm. cause them to kind of love themselves more Right. That's really what I want to have happen through this. And it's hard to do that if you're just saying, hey, everybody, raise your cups up in the air. It's party time. You yeah. Know? Sure, there's there's a moment for that. Sure. But I think that there has to also be like, put your cups down. Let's just close your eyes for a minute and go to our gardens, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I think about just country music too. Well, yeah, <laughs> go to your gardens. Yeah. I think about country music too. And I think about um, some of the like more traditional version of country. I mean, there was like, there was like a gospel element. There was Incredibly a total faith-based deep yeah. part of that that yeah. has gotten really washed out with well, there's country purists, right? That say that's the, that's real country and the country nowadays isn't it. Right. But I think it's always, it's still been there, but it's not what's, the, the problem is, is that country radio is dictating what country is. Right. Um, and then you got like the Chris Stapletons that come along and you got the, even, even Luke Combs, like he's a, yes. he's a, he's a red solo cup drinking party guy, but it's real music. And, yeah. and it's just like, okay. And then people go, oh, we didn't know we were missing this. Sure. But then it's like, but dude, that sounds like 25 years ago, mm. which is kind of funny. Like people, people, th- whatever they're getting fed, <laughs> right? Like it's, and it's a weird friggin' chess game, man. Like playing in this scene of music, like um, it's, you, you kind of have to like, strategically make moves and, and 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 you know it's 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 sacrifice it's it's you know making sure you're you're thinking three steps ahead sometimes five steps ahead if you can if you can get that far yeah um and just kind of looking at the big picture where you want this all to go and i don't have it all figured out but i know for sure right now it every everything's sort of like right where it's supposed to be and today i feel like successful donna merrill and i'm not worried about donna merrill a year from now you are what's keeping yeah. you in the game of it the most do you feel um, because I think I have more to say. I think I, I think I think I've only I, I just just yesterday I posted on Instagram uh, that I've I've been so blessed to have so many people in my corner and to be able to do what I do, but I feel like I've only scratched the surface. And I'm ex- and, and and I'm really excited to sort of like expand my audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been able to operate with a relatively small fan base. Um, it's been great and it's been strong, but it's. I feel like there's there's more people I can reach, you know, wow. and and to the the gospel of dawn. Yeah, um, but I hear it. I hear the service part of you coming out. That, yeah, it's big. And I feel like the more ears I can turn to what I'm doing, I think, and and, and really, it's about like how can I help you in your daily life? That's really what I want to do. And mm-hmm. um, and I think that's it. It's just is I, I have this hunger to help people in their walk. And like like I put an album out a couple years ago by our good friend Murray Pulver produced yeah. Refined, um, and. Um, and we put this album out, and I had a woman say, uh, Michelle, she's a fantastic woman who I've met a number of times in my life and who's been super supportive to me, but struggled greatly with depression, so much so that she was suicidal. Hmm. This album was her medicine. She's, she's mentioned it to me numerous time, a number of times. When she's wow. feeling that darkness, this, this album goes on, and she, she plays it. And it's just like, man, who am I, right, that I get to be that, play that role in a life who's somebody who I... I you know, Cherish and his very you know, beautiful soul, but I don't know her deeply, right? But somebody yeah. who's like connected so deeply to the music and the stuff that I'm sharing that it's just like, I, I see that and I go, that that fuels my fire more than anything else. You know, more than God. any Juno nomination, more than any like great big payday, all those stuff are, so I've always said awards, hit singles, you know, uh, nominations, big paydays, that's all byproduct of a successful journey. Uh, like, like if you're successful in this, you know, along the way, that's that. Those shouldn't be the determining factor. There shouldn't be the what you're driving towards. Sure, find something deeper. And so I remember going back. Wow. Uh, to, so when I when I when I recorded that first album and I called it "Change Your Life," um, I remember my manager at the time, Kathleen Darby. Uh, she <laughs> said, uh, "So what do you want? What what is this all about? What is this all about for you?" And I said, "Well, I want to, you know, create music that encourages and inspires the listener to do good things for themselves and the world around them." 
And she goes, there it is. That's your vision. That's your mission. And it's never changed. It's oh never strayed gosh. far from that. And I think so many people operate, particularly in, in this industry, but probably in their everyday life, other things too, they don't really have a grand vision for why they're here. You know, And if you don't have a why, if you don't have a, a purpose for your existence, then it, you, you can easily wander aimlessly and kind of just not really aim for anything. Yes. You know? Oh, so true. Yeah. And as you're speaking, I'm just thinking, I mean, we're talking in the context of music and the music industry, but this is so universal. that no, I believe like, so. Like, yeah. no matter what business you choose to, or whatever trek you choose in a lifetime, yeah. it's like, what is your purpose? Yeah. Is a huge component. Totally. And yeah. all of these little nuggets that you're sharing <laughs> are just so uh, relevant to everybody. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks, man. I got one more question that com- keeps coming up in my intuition. Please bring it. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. it's just in regards to, um, how to the difference between, uh, resonance where, you know, sometimes it's like, it's, you're up there, you're playing music and you just can't feel it versus oh. the moments where you're playing and it's like resonant. Um, and this, yeah. you know, this could relate in any industry where you're just kind of checked in or you're checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you bring yourself back into the present moment of resonance when mm-hmm. you've checked out? Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. For oh you. man. So that's an interesting question. So as you're saying that, I, I, I always think the ones that are going to be the big ones aren't. Like and for the, hit songs, you mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, the, the, the concerts. The, the concerts. The, the concert experience or the places I'm playing, I'm going, oh man. So here's an example. I just played the biggest show of my life back in December, December 6th at the um, the Burton Cummings Theater here in Winnipeg. Right. A thousand folks, massive <laughs> audience. Like, yeah. And it was like, it was my show. It was A Merry Little Christmas. It wasn't like I wasn't guesting at a show. It was like, I we pulled this together, me and this me and the team of people. And A Merry Little Christmas. A Merry Little Christmas. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. You've been doing that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I get there and I, and I, and I it was it was a wonderful show, lots of magic. And I feel like I really put my real heart on my sleeve and did the thing. And I thought this was going to be a show of my career. And I and I and, I, and it, I I do think it was, but I didn't feel that spark. I think we did all the things, totally all the this. notes were right, and but then you walk away and you go, oh man. But then I get a you know I get a gig at, you know Joe Blow's diner or whatever, and you get up there and you and you play, and there's, there's something happens and you just and you're going there just you you get going because there's a nice payday at the end of the thing and you <laughs> yeah, you know and, and you're gonna yeah. get a free meal and it's like okay I'll, I'll do the thing because I got nothing going on on a Thursday night sure. and you walk out of there and you go what happened like like people were just connected and there's just like this magic in the room uh-huh. and so it creeps up on you when you least expect it in terms of like being able to like get on stage and, and and being able to make sure you don't get in your head and you just do the thing that you're supposed to be doing I think that the best times for me happen when I when I'm able to take a few moments. Uh, the best, I guess, for me has been when I can take, I'd say, twenty minutes before a show, and be by myself. I stretch. I do some, you know, stretching and breathing, and all that time I started this mantra of like nobody owes me anything. I'm here to serve. I'm here to give, and and just remembering that in the core. Wow. I think then I can go out there, and then nothing else matters. We can we can have the worst gig of our lives, like in terms of what we play and how we play and how tight it is. But if I go out there with that, that it's it's going to it's going to be magic. That's you what know, you attribute the magic. I to. think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just going out there with the. It you can't because I mean. There's going to be gigs that come up for me that that's all that stuff's going to get in the way. I'd rather be somewhere else. I you know I miss my kids. I miss my home. I miss, <laughs> totally. You know, and that those are going to ha- happen. But if I can, if I can carve out that time before a show where I can just kind of go and get my head right. Yeah. I can go out there on stage, whether there's five or five thousand people, and just be real in that moment. And I think and and, and I think the other thing that I find really refreshing, for me, which has been a refreshing moment, is when I can say to the audience, "Hey guys, like." I'm having a rough day. I'm having this has gone on for me. This is happening, and and so then like the, truth, the, like yeah. vulnerability, and then the audience can go, "Oh, we're with you, man. We had a terrible day too," <laughs> and and then and then they, you know, or it doesn't have to be a terrible day. It can be like this thing happened today, and you're just you're just kind of giving them context of where you're at today. Yeah, I, I've Presence. always felt yeah, and I always felt like people go, "Oh, yeah, I can, I can, I we're breathing the same air, man. Like we're with you." Wow. And uh, and yeah, and I just I, that. Uh, always sort of like change shifts things and things in the room when you can just be like i'm not giving you the rhetoric don amaro show here this is like yeah i'm not just dialing this in yeah like we're gonna play the song that we just played a thousand times in the last three <laughs> years but here's what we're feeling about it right now yeah you know? and i think when, when when i can do that um it shifts things in the room and and wow. uh i wish i could remember that more on those on those tough gigs but, <laughs> that's an but, incredible but that ability 
to, yeah. to do that. Wow. Well, this has been amazing. Uh, I feel like we are having morning coffee, <laughs> but it's like, um, it's afternoon coffee. In I like the that context. plug. Like, like that shameless plug for me. That's well, you've great. got a, a song, morning coffee. And uh, I was thinking it'd be kind of a cool way to, to end off the podcast is to go out with a, yeah. a live song if you're up for it. You betcha. Yeah. So, so this, this song, is, I, I feel like it needs some context because it's, it's, um, it's it it sounds like it could be really surface level love to love type stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, especially with how deep we've gone in this conversation. But for me, I've always thought too with like even just a simple love song, if it can cause you to love the person you're with a little deeper, a little harder, a little more, then that's a worthy venture too. You know. And so a song like this, Morning Coffee. I'm a huge Morning Coffee fan. So, um, it's uh, it really resonates with me. And I think a lot of people hear that title and they go, Oh, what's what's this about? I could use a Morning Coffee right now. Right. And the opening line. So I didn't write this one either, by the way. The opening line hit me. If I were to die tonight, I'd like to come back as your morning coffee. It's like, what? Whoa, what does that yeah, mean? If That's, I were to die, I want to come back as your coffee? Like, <laughs> so, so the song, will, you know, we've set it up, and I think the song what will What does that mean to you? Question. Just curiously. Just... Well, I think it was like, I mean, you know, the, the chorus is the payoff, and you kind of, it all oh. comes together. But, but, but I'd never really ever considered the, the, the likeness of a good cup of coffee, how much that's similar to a good relationship. So Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, I'm so yeah. intrigued to hear this song yeah. now. <laughs> Don, just before you play it, I want to thank you for taking the time to yeah. be here. Pleasure, man. And uh, just, I so see the light in you and just great things continue to expand for you. Keith, it's incredible. Man, I'm, I'm glad we've uh, been able to kind of venture into each, any, in and out of each other's lives over the last more than a decade. So yeah. I'll see you at the next singing contest. Okay, man. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, let's listen to a live performance of Don Amaro here. We'll let him get ready. This is Morning Coffee. If I were to die tonight, I'd like to come back as your morning coffee. Just as strong and just as necessary Cause I realize There's nothing I love more than what I'm holding In my arms right now Girl, you're a poet's right about I'm sure there's grander things That a guy could hope to be But I'd rather keep it simple And be what you always need I wanna be strong for you I wanna be good for you The first thing that you think of When you open up your eyes I wanna be there for you Be like a prayer for you Kiss your lips each morning And bring you back to life Yeah, I know I'm sounding crazy, baby I'd want to be your morning coffee Yeah, I'd get to be the one That sees you before anybody else does With your messed up hair Wearing my old t-shirt If I couldn't touch you with these hands And love you like I do Will it be the next best thing to be strong for you I wanna be good for you the first thing that you think of when you open up your eyes I wanna be there for you be like a prayer for you kiss your lips each morning and bring you back to life yeah I know I'm sounding crazy baby but I'd wanna be your morning coffee If I were to die tonight I'd like to come back as your morning coffee Yeah, cause every day, every day, girl I wanna be strong for you I wanna be good for you The first thing that you think of When you open up your eyes I wanna be there for you Be like a each morning and bring you back to life. Yeah, I know I'm sounding crazy, baby, but 
But I'd wanna be your morning coffee Mmm, your morning coffee All right, well, that concludes another episode of Let's Connect. And just before you go, I wanted to share with you that on the way out of studio, Don was um, sharing with me that all is well with the relationship with his mother. They're uh, harmonious, they are very close, and um, all is well. So I just wanted to pass that along. And once again, a huge thank you to Don Amaro for joining us here on Let's Connect today. Please go check out his music and his wonderful message donamero.ca is where you can stay in touch with him and until next time everybody be well and i look forward to you joining me on the next episode of let's connect